This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Please, following a call with the presidents and athletic directors and additional consultation with the city of New York, the Big East Conference has canceled the remainder of our men's basketball tournament effective immediately. We believe the decision is in the best interest of our participants and fans. First, with breaking news coming out in the last 10 minutes, the Southeastern Conference canceling the rest of its men's basketball tournament. All remaining SEC tournament games have been canceled. Well, guys, I have some somewhat shocking news that I am being told right now, and that is that the Rutgers and Michigan players have been told to leave the court and that the tournament, as of right now, and again, this is literally something I heard within the last 30 seconds, is being canceled. I'm Chris Hassel with Amanda Guerra, the NCAA making it official. The NCAA tournament has been canceled for 2020. Good morning. It's Friday, March 13th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host Trey Scott, and as is not at all usual by our producer, Tani Levitt. We got, we got the whole gang involved in making this podcast here because it has been an absolutely wild day in covering sports. The minute you put anything on tape, it is obsolete within a couple of minutes. And, I mean, we've covered big stories. We've covered Urban Meyer, um, not on this podcast because it was before this podcast started, but we've covered Urban Meyer, um, you know, getting suspended for three games. And that is a massive, massive story, but it does not shake the very foundation of the sport we cover or sports in general, the way the coronavirus has and the wave of cancellations and postponements that we've had in the past 24 hours. So, I mean, the big news today, we're expecting maybe it would come Friday. We didn't know for sure, but it finally happened and finally made it seem safe to podcast. But today, NCAA President Mark Emmert announced that we would not be having March Madness at all. We would not be having the women's basketball tournament at all. And we would not be having winter or spring NCAA championships at all. And Tani, I think you were the one that clued us into the stat that if things go ahead as is currently laid out. We will not have another NCAA championship until November. When, what is it, field hockey? Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like, I try not to wear my Maryland shirts when it's not Maryland season, and, like, I guess I'm just going to retire those shirts for the next how many months? I don't know. Tani, so you were... You had like a particularly wild experience this week, I feel, with uh, in, in your relationship to the basketball tournaments cancellations. I, I wonder if you could just walk us through like how you were going, uh, the many steps between uh, you deciding to go cover the tournament and then just how all that played out. Yeah, sure. So uh, 
um, you know, we're, we're airing this episode in the college basketball feed because this is really just a, a sports story in general. And we feel like it, it makes sense for everything to kind of just be in one, one voice. Uh, and so for those of you who are listening in the basketball feed, you know that Jerry and I, Jerry Meyer, were planning on attending and covering the SEC tournament today, yesterday, and through the weekend. Um, and on Monday night, I think I texted you, Connor, and I was like, I, I don't think I don't think we should do this. Like this this coronavirus is really taking off, and I really like was anxious about it, and I felt like I was letting the podcast down, and and was letting Jerry down, and and twenty four seven sports, and and but eventually, you and I were just like, all right, let's 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 not do this. Um, and then word comes out for the past couple of days that you know there aren't going to be any fans in there, and well, that you know diminish the number of people there by like a factor of thousands. Uh, and so this morning then we decided, well, actually I'm going to go and cover this because now it's like the biggest story in sports. Uh, and I get in the car and I bought like alcohol wipes to like, you know, touch any, anything I might touch. Uh, and I'm in the car and I get a call from you. You're like, uh, SEC tournament's canceled. So I didn't even park. I turned around and, and came home and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast about all this and you were and I texted you then a half hour later and I was like everything I say feels like it's about to be like obsolete and you're just like yeah maybe we'll wait till this afternoon so so here we are um yeah <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed that you weren't able to get that uh SEC media credential I feel like that that basketball tournament credential is going to be like a morbid collector's item uh a decade or so from now uh Trey I mean <laughs> You like I, occupying the role in our company that you occupy. Like, I feel like you understand more than most that like we kind of cover the same stories every year. Like, yes, there are some new faces and some new places every now and then, but it's like it's kind of the same stuff. And it's our job to like mix it up and make it interesting. But like, have you ever seen anything that's just kind of like shaken everything up and just like our total understanding of how things work the way this has? No, of course not. Like we had a few things scheduled to run today and we ended up running them because I just didn't want to wait. Like the normal spring football stuff, like five, like Chris Humber did five stars need to have a big spring. Barton Simmons did teams who need to go shopping in the transfer portal. And I've kind of like, I was editing those and like working on getting photos for those as, as the, as the conference tournaments were getting canceled in droves. I was just like, it just kind of felt sick. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to even like tweet this story out. Like I'm just going to publish it and kind of move on. And, you know, as far as like a content perspective, you kind of like start thinking, and I'd love to know, like, like what is the college sports fan after they process this? Like, what does the fan want? What what does the fan expect right now? Does the, is anyone able to consume anything or, or read about anything or care about anything other than the coronavirus? Like personally, it's hard for me to, but what happens in a week? If we're all, I mean, right now we're all at home, you know, we are all working from home. Like if the whole country is doing that, what happens in a week, like by Wednesday, you're probably looking for an escape. So you're probably looking for some sports content. How, what is sports center going to do? What are they, what are they going to have to cover? Like, what do we do? Do we, do we go back to the drawing board? Do we pretend it's June and just do random positional breakdowns? Like why Georgia's wide receivers? I, it's crazy. This is crazy. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not like I'm like sitting here, like complaining about my problems, but it's, right. it's interesting. It's, 
you know, how do you even, how do you even begin to handle this? And, and the, again, like you guys talked about how fast everything moves, like how Tani is like back and forth on the SEC thing and how, you know, we have to make sure we can podcast at a good time. Yesterday's podcast, we were going to wait, you know, to publish it. I'm like, Connor, you did a great interview about why it makes sense for fans to not be involved at the game as sort of like, and, and I was excited about that as a way to appease fans. Be like, Hey guys, like I, I know, the, the aesthetics on TV won't be as great, but like, here's why it makes sense for the fans to not be there. And less than 24 hours later, we don't even have games and not even like, and, and Tony, I get like, you know, for your, the basketball feed, like the, the fact that nothing was even postponed, like things are just flat out canceled. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no solution. Like, and I know some conferences, the SEC, the big 12, they're, I, I think they're trying to hold out and they're saying, Hey, you know, maybe they could do something on their own accord, but, you know, there won't even be the College World Series, and that's in June. So this is unlike anything anyone has ever lived through. Yeah, and it's it's you mentioned yesterday's episode, or I I guess uh, I guess we ended up releasing it two days ago uh, when you'll be hearing this, and it's wild because like at the time that we recorded that, I was doing it in the spirit of, hey, this is kind of a critique of the NCAA and the fact that there there's no movement here on avoiding like what seemed like it was going to be a public health disaster. And then, and then news started trickling out that no fans in the stands. And now ultimately we get to just to cancel it entirely. And so like, as we move forward, like as it it, as you mentioned, Trey is really undefined, like the rhythms of how these sports are covered are so disrupted. And I think a lot of it is going to be dependent on what kind of action does the, NCAA take and what kind of like how quickly do they move to answer some of these questions that are raised by the fact that we have had these postponements that we've had uh, individual schools individual conferences come out and say we're either canceling all sports activities until a certain date and it's kind of all over the map right now in terms of individual school response individual uh, conference response and it raises these questions uh, some of which Chris Hummer our colleague got into in a piece that he wrote uh, pressing questions after the NCAA's mass championship cancellation we're like college sports is so complicated in ways you don't always think about day to day, year to year. But like when you mess with the schedule in this way, it raises all of these questions. Like are these college baseball players whose season has really just started? Are they, is there, are, if they're seniors, are, is their college career over now? Like, how is this, how is this going to work? You would hope not. Like you would, you, you would hope that those guys, and the interesting thing is if if you say no, they can come back for another year, Chris raises the point, well, what about the freshmen you've signed? Right? Yeah. So like and then Chris asks, you know, can you expand the roster? So college baseball, you're only allowed to carry 35 players on the on the team. Same thing could happen for basketball. And it's, you know, like Tawny, do you think if you're a senior college basketball player, like you should get you might have been guaranteed like one or two more games. Like, do you think you should get that back? Does if you want to come back, like this Oregon Sabrina Sabrina Ionescu, who mm-hmm. looked like she was a lock to like at least lead the Ducks to the Final Four and, and probably win, maybe win a national title. Uh, I don't know, Connor. Maybe the, the Gamecocks would have st- stopped her, like, and go down as like this historic player. Like, does she like does she just stop playing? Like, does she like 
are, are lawyers involved? Does she get like a full season back? Does she get half a season back? Does she get to sit out until March? Like what in the world's going to happen there? Yeah, she was on my mind a lot because, you know, her relationship with Kobe Bryant, I think, was an enormous story in the basketball world um, this year. And, and now it's just never going to have an ending. You know, for a lot of uh, women basketball players um, who I love watching and, and really respect their games in, on the pro level, it's their college careers that really uh, uh, stay in my mind. You know, Sue Bird in Connecticut. And, and for, for Sabrina, I just feel like we're just missing the last chapter. And, and that is incredibly disheartening. And we're kind of in this weird moment where you are seeing some players and some individual coaches like have very critical negative reactions. Sometimes their names are attached to it. Sometimes it's just kind of reported anonymously. And like you can understand in the moment from the perspective of that player, like how painful it is to have spent your whole life building to to this uh, climax of your college sports career and then just to have that taken away. But and. But at the other, I, I, but at the same time, no one can question that this is like a major public health concern that that we needed to get out in front of. So it's just it's just tough. It just really sucks that that this is the way things have to be. And I it'll be interesting to see how the NCAA goes about tying up as many of these loose ends as they can. I think unfortunately, there's just not going to be a satisfying conclusion here for a lot of people. Um, so uh, there are some concrete points with the football recruiting calendar and, and going back to, to the, the piece Chris wrote, Chris Hummer wrote is that, so there's like actually a ticking clock with spring practice. You have to complete it within 34 consecutive calendar days, accepting holidays and spring break. But like some of these schools have already, a lot of schools have already started their spring practice. So like it, it seems pretty clear that in this case, like we're going to need uh, either a change to the NCAA rules or the NCAA coming in and saying that there's like a one-time exception. We're going to need some kind of action, right? Definitely. I mean, you're going to, they're going to get a spring practice in. You're not going to have a college football season. And I say spring practice, the spring in quotations, like it could happen in June, but uh, you know, they'll, they'll crunch this in. And then of course, I think the NCAA would then have to waive that there must be this gap of uh, nine weeks between the, the end of one academic uh, calendar, AKA the spring and, and the, the reporting of fall camp. So the impact of all this is going to be pretty interesting because yeah. Like you're putting these guys on ice, you know, they're not going to have like how, who knows how long classes will be out. So you're putting them on ice for now. And, and maybe, you know, when I say June, maybe they start spring practice, you know, April 15th to wrap up in May. Well, then you're going to have a shorter summer or will that, you know, does that benefit like, you know, less vacation, more time to be conditioned, who knows. But I feel pretty confident that we will be talking about come November and December, come championship time for college football, you know, to clinch a playoff berth, we will be looking back on this spring and the summer and trying to map out the impacts that the coronavirus pandemic had on the college football season as, as far as changing up the calendars and, and probably making things a lot more difficult for college football coaches. And I have to say, so, if we're having that conversation, that's probably like a best case scenario for, for how all this stuff went. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I mean, right now it, it feels, Tony, were you going to jump in and say something? Yeah. I just like, I, I hear what you're saying, Trey, about like the academic calendar. And I'm just thinking about like the players' body clocks and how the off season is an incredible, uh, uh, incredibly important moment for players to change their bodies, change their workout regimens. And I know in the baseball community, a lot of people are worried about pitcher injuries right now because pitchers who are at the beginning of their college uh, seasons or in spring training, they've just ramped up and ramping down carefully and, and, and purposefully is uh, huge for their arm safety. And, and the same is true when you're building up a, a huge workout regimen. Imagine a player who's decided that it's important that they add 15 pounds and not having access to these facilities because they can't be on campus or, you know, just being away from their training staff. Like I, I worry about people's bodies. Well, that, that's a great point. And like, if you're a college football coach and the summertime rolls around, like, what are you, what are you trying to comp? What are you sacrificing? I would assume you want to get all of your all of your practices in, and that's really important. But if that has to be done at the expense, if we're talking, you know, trickling into the summertime at the expense of the players recovering from spring practice and any injuries they might incur, and then getting their bodies in game shape. And you mentioned it, Tony, like the off season, winter and summer is when the players are doing that. What does that look like? And and two, I mean. Do we even have an understanding at this point of what types of, I mean, I mean, I think we all have a picture of in mind of like the kinds of workouts a player is able to do when he is a suspended from the team or, or that kind of thing. But it, I mean, do we even feel like we have a sense right now of like what, apart from maybe like running that are, because I mean, I assume, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we, do we know at this point what kind of measures they're taking as far as like, we can't go to the gym and lift. I haven't, I, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Something to like look into. I haven't seen that. Uh, I mean, classes, if, if classes are closed or if like classes are canceled and players aren't on campus, I don't know if that means campus is shut down. You would imagine a lot of these players. And now I guess I'm thinking of players at the top, at the upper echelon of college football will have access to what they need. Right. And, and whether that's high school or college or an individual trainer, which a lot of them have, um, does the does the does the running back at Tulsa stay in game shape? No, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, there will be plenty of questions like that that I, I think will probably start having some answers to in the coming days and weeks as our guys at twenty four seven Sports who are super plugged into these programs continue talking to these coaches and get an idea of what is going on behind the scenes. Just truly, truly unprecedented times. Um, uh, we, another, uh, we, another content item that went up today on 24 seven sports.com was our own Bud Elliott wrote a piece advocating for the NCAA to step in and make a change to the recruiting calendar. So we're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side, we'll talk to Bud about that piece and what he would like to see the NCAA do in this situation. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. 
Welcome back to the College Football Daily. We are joined now by 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, Bud Elliott. Bud, new to the team. Glad to have you on the College Football Daily for the first time. We've already seen some schools and conferences take matters into their own hands and indefinitely suspend recruiting activities altogether. Or, and sometimes there's a date attached to it. But under normal circumstances, what are the types of recruiting contacts that would be taking place right now? You know, that, that's right, Connor. Um, some schools are taking into their own hands. Uh, the, the types of recruiting activities that are normally going on right now uh, would include on-campus visits uh, of, of the unofficial uh, variety. We don't really have kids taking official visits just quite yet, but uh, but kids are able to take unofficial visits to campus. Now, in a couple weeks, uh, that will shift, uh, and then we'll be in the ev- evaluation period of the NCAA recruiting calendar. And during that, that period, coaches are able to recruit off-campus as well. So you would have a significant amount of travel uh, between prospects heading to campus and then coaches uh, heading to high school campuses if the NCAA does not act to, uh, to restrict those. Now, we have already seen some schools uh, and even some conferences elect to, uh, elect to shut that down. Uh, but I, I think it would just make a lot more sense if we just said, hey, let's hit the pause button on this as a sport or you know, across college sports and, and not risk uh, further spread of this pandemic. In a column you wrote Thursday morning on 247sports.com, you said it's time for the NCAA to take a similar stand in recruiting as what they've done with March Madness. Albeit at that time, they had only uh, announced that there were no fans in the stadium uh, for March Madness, but now they have gone ahead and canceled March Madness altogether. So uh, what exactly would you like to see the NCAA step in and do as it pertains to recruiting? You know, so what, what I would like to see happen here uh, is for the NCAA to declare uh, a dead period, to actually change the recruiting calendar uh, right now and probably have the dead period go uh, indefinite or through April uh, at least so we can see where we are as a country as far as the spread of coronavirus. And in a dead period, you can still call and speak with prospects. You can still text prospects and, and send them uh, materials. But there's no face-to-face contact, which is exactly what we want to limit uh, in terms of, of preventing the spread of the virus. So I, I would like to see a, a dead period imposed um, and then potentially a change to the recruiting calendar after the dead period is imposed for this year uh, to allow for, uh, for more opportunities for visits maybe later in the summer uh, or you know, maybe open up August, which is traditionally uh, not a time where, where a lot of evaluations are done. Uh, but to me, I, I think uh, it just makes a lot more sense to have a uniform approach here. In the comments in your column, I'm seeing some readers ask the question, why not leave this to the individual schools or indeed the individual coaches or prospects as to whether they want to participate in recruiting visits? Why is having the NCAA step in here the better way to go forward? So look, certainly I understand the idea uh, of why not leave this uh, open to individual schools or uh, you know, individual coaches or prospects decide if they want to uh, participate in these recruiting visits. Uh, but you have to see the bigger picture here, right? It, inevitably, uh, if if you don't make this uniform, you're going to have some schools uh, or some coaches or some players or recruits or their families just decide to make decisions that turn up being kind of selfish uh, and are decisions that are not really taking into account the full uh, public health picture. So 
I would rather see it just all shut down at this point as opposed to uh, ha- having coaches have to make decisions as to whether they want to recruit players uh, and sort of weighing that against like, hey, is my action here going to uh, potentially spread uh, a dangerous virus? Or uh, conversely, I don't want prospects to have to be put in a position where they think, oh man, I have pressure to go to this event, to go to this camp, to go to uh, this, this college visit um, when like, look, it's probably not real smart for me to be traveling out there. Like, but yet some families could internally feel some pressure to, man, this is my chance to get a scholarship. This is what I need to do. Um, again, I think you have a lot of schools using the common sense approach here and shutting it down. This would just ensure that all schools do. And, and so we don't get into a situation where, where some school uh, or some you know coaching staff decides that they, they want to keep uh, recruiting players in, in person and encouraging travel uh, to college campuses, many of which aren't even allowing their students uh, to be on college campuses and are moving uh, almost entirely to online classes uh, for at least the month of March and April. So just a uniform approach from some top-down leadership here would seem to make a lot of sense. And I, I mean, it's only been a few hours since I wrote this article. Uh, and and e- even since then, we, we've already seen a lot more schools like to do that. And I think we'll probably just see a, a general rule um, if it doesn't come from the NCAA, perhaps from the Power Five conferences, just just some directive on that, and, and then everybody else should probably follow suit. All right, Bud Elliott, National Recruiting Analyst for Twenty Four Seven Sports. Thanks so much. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by leaving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. For my co-host Trey Scott, our producer Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.